you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 10% off your first order. Again, that is Locked On. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Well, it is. It's over. It's uh, <laughs> the long, our long Cowboys Nation uh, nightmare is <laughs> is finally complete. Um, and uh, it, it, it ended with kind of a whimper and, and not a bang uh, in New York, I get in an ugly kind of finish for the Cowboys when they lose to the Giants 23 to 19. Uh, it's uh, it's been quite a year and, and really the, the, the number of things that them themselves could be considered microcosms for the larger year whether it's the, the that that last you know f- starting first and goal situation uh, or you know the the, mm. the, the, the fumble the the butt fumble recovery or non-recovery whatever we're gonna be calling that for the rest of the year uh, all those things it felt like um, could have been a, a, a an incredible metaphor for what we have been experiencing this this awful year and this absolutely bonkers and and probably completely unique season this year. I, so I guess I'm feeling uh, uh, relief and 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 slightly uh, exhausted from from what has been a mentally draining year. To be honest, yeah, it's been quite the year. The Cowboys finished the season at six and ten. They had a little bit of momentum going into this game, uh, winning their last three. Uh, I really thought, Landon, that the Cowboys were going to win this game. And when the Cowboys had first and goal, I don't even remember what's that, at the six-yard line, something like that, first and goal at the something like that, and Andy Dalton took a sack, and then C.D. Lamb dropped a pass in the middle of the field that would have been close to the end zone, and then the interception, it seemed like it all kind of faded away. And then we had a a fumble that was recovered by Wayne Gallman's butt, which we don't even have to get into, (laughs) just the the craziness of that play. It was like a cherry on top uh, of all the insanity that was going on, right? It's just, it's so weird that that, I mean, obviously that happened, but it was, it really was, even though it was inconsequential, it it seemed so... Uh, you know, like like I said, like a microcosm for the larger game and thereby yeah. the larger season too. Yeah, and I also I wanted to to mention this. We are recording this before the Sunday night yeah. game, so just after the four p.m. games finished up. Uh, so we don't know what's going to happen between Washington and Philadelphia. I think probably you and I both get the sense that uh, Washington's <laughs> probably going to win this game with the amount of players that Philadelphia is resting. So. Even if the Cowboys would have won this game, I I think the odds of them actually getting into the playoffs were fairly low. Uh, But it was disappointing for the Cowboys to go out this way. Let's talk about their offense, Landon. Andy Dalton, 29 of 47 for 243 yards, zero touchdowns. Obviously, the one interception was brutal. But I think I was most disappointed in his pocket presence in this game. Uh, Got sacked six times. Seemed like he was dropping his eyes early or dropping them kind of late. There were some times where he was uh, just not getting rid of the ball when, you know, the the pocket was there. 
I kind of think this was the worst game that Andy Dalton's played so far in his Cowboys career. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of them. I mean, certainly, definitely, and in, in, in when lumped in with this last you know, month of games. I mean, he had been playing a lot better. I think we had, you know, we, we still felt like, you know, he wasn't exactly uh, lighting the world on fire and, 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, he wasn't exactly, it certainly wasn't Dak Prescott, but I, I mean, uh, to the point where people, you know, the, that kind of fringe of, of Cowboys nation that just reacts strongly to things, uh, hmm. you know, this week we're in my mentions talking about how uh, they'd rather have Andy Dalton than Dak Prescott at whatever so cost. And it's like, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he had been playing well enough to kind of, you know, warrant that kind of talk from people. But, but I, I think this game kind of laid bare exactly the problems and, and, and really, you know, it, it 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 played out unfortunately a lot like I thought that it was going to happen. I just thought that the Cowboys' offense would end up being more efficient. I think you saw it a little bit. You know when 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 they were able to execute the quick game when it, when they were able to to run the football at times, uh, the offense looked good. But when the defense uh, you know forced Dalton into obvious passing downs. Um, you know, again, it, it's it's what we've talked about all season, kind of rearing its head with Dalton. It, it's a bad combination when you put pressure uh, on passing downs on this offense yeah. because the offensive line uh, can't hold up, and Dalton struggles so heavily with the pressure in the pocket. And that's, I mean, honestly, you want to talk about the the biggest difference between Dalton and Dak is the way that they handle those third and long situations when the pocket gets tight. Mm-hmm. Dak navigates that well, gets the ball downfield, his eyes don't drop. And Dalton, uh, you know, he panics, and I think I think that that interception really shows you kind of a lot of what 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 it was, what the problem was. He he panicked in the pocket, he got out, he, he throws it uh, just kind of wildly while while you know rolling to a, a way that he's not comfortable. Uh, and I think that that's that was kind of indicative. And then you know, just there were streaks throughout the game where he was missing open receivers. He was throwing, he getting it high, and I, I know that the rain and and weather was a little bit of a factor but you know it was if, if you're pointing at one thing that seemed to be uh the, the kind of limiting factor of this offense you know i mean outside of, of the offensive line that was completely overmatched by three monsters on the giants defensive line andy dalton's you know kind of subpar performance at least by his you know standards even uh it stands out as as really the kind of turning point as to why the cowboys probably didn't win this game Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they didn't get a ton of help out of the running game. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 14 carries for 42 yards, the touchdown. Tony Pollard, five carries for 15 yards. And we kind of knew that going in, right? Yeah. The strength of this Giants defense is the interior of their defensive line. Their linebackers have been playing better. Um, I think Zeke ran pretty hard in this game. I thought game, he had a great but, game. It's just that, you know, yeah. the, 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 I mean, you know, as you often point out, a large, huge portion of, of the running game is dictated by the offensive line's uh, ability to, to pick up those yards. And he mm-hmm. was getting a lot of yards uh, after contact, you know, that was behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, and it was just, you right. know, just having to make kind of several different Herculean efforts to uh, uh, to get the ball just past the, the line of scr- the original line of scrimmage at times. So, yeah, that's that, I mean, it's 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 great to watch a player with skill like that, but it's not exactly helpful for your team's chances of winning. 
Uh, I'm just going to run through the receivers really quickly. Dalton Schultz, 7 for 70, the leading receiver on the day. Michael Gallup, 4 for 49. Uh, he kind of dropped a touchdown in the end zone. That was a little disappointing, but I think the Cowboys ultimately scored a couple plays later. Uh, C.D. Lamb, 5 for 43. He had a drop as well. Amari Cooper, 6 for 41. And then Cedric Wilson, 1 for 3. Uh, any comments on the receivers in this game? After a huge week last week, this was kind of just a eh game from them right i thought schultz had a good game you know yeah and again sure. i think just you know uh, really further cementing the fact that the cowboys are going to come back next year with you know quite a tight end tandem uh which will, will be nice to see and, and, and obviously present them with a lot of options but yeah i mean you know cd lamb's uh drop obviously kind of looms large to a, a certain degree um and uh, you know i think gallops was was uh, like you said, kind of rectified a few plays later, so it doesn't feel as bad. But you know, obviously, those were kind of the mistakes that were made. And and, and, and honestly, you know, I think a lot of the reason that we were were pointing this out is because the Cowboys were struggling in so many different areas that in order for the Cowboys to win this game, the pass game had to be great, and it wasn't great mm. today. And and, and it, you know, it certainly at large po- portions of the game, Andy Dalton wasn't even good. So. Uh, I think that it it, it was it, we're we're looking at the receivers and 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 pointing out know, there's drops and Andy Dalton overthrew the ball, but in a large portions like that's because of the you know, expectations we have against those players. I, I think a, a lot of this has to do with you know the ability of 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 the Giants' defensive line to completely reset the line of scrimmage almost every snap. Yeah, Leonard Williams was absolutely dominant in this game, and it shows you the value of having a couple guys like that, right? The The Giants have three of them in Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Leonard Williams. Uh, the Cowboys have none of them, and that was really the difference in this game. Yeah. Uh, let, let's take a quick break so, uh, so I can tell you guys about Bet Online. Are you guys ready for some football? We've got the college football championship game, Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, Next week, we've got the NFL playoffs coming up. We've got basketball going on. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust with our bets, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, let's talk about the Cowboys' defense because huh. it was it was up and down in this game because Daniel Jones uh, had 229 yards passing. He had two touchdowns. He did have an interception. Uh, the Giants ran for 125 yards in this game, but the Cowboys were able to force a couple turnovers. Uh, they were able to uh, keep the Giants from converting a single third down in this game. Yeah. But ultimately, you give up 23 points to the to the Giants, who are the second worst offense in the league, and it's somewhat disappointing. Correct? Yeah, I mean they were giving up 7.8 yards per pass play, and, and six point <laughs> uh, I think it was 6.1 yards per uh, no six point sorry 4.5 yards per rush, and you know that's against the Giants. Like that's not that's not great. Well, you know? even if you take out like Daniel Jones's rushing yards in there, yeah. because it kind of skews it a little bit. Like Wayne Gallman, yeah. eleven for sixty-five. Uh, Deion Lewis had a carry for seven yards. So I mean, they they were a better running team when it was anybody but Daniel Jones carrying the ball in this one. Yeah, and and I think that that was one of the things that we talked about that I was you know nervous about is just the. Uh, 
you know, we know Jason Garrett, and, and we it happens that Jason Garrett likes to run the football, and this team is not great at stopping the run. Uh, and you know, they didn't run an ungodly amount. They only, I think, had like you know, under thirty attempts, but you know, it was enough, and, and it certainly. Um, it kept the Cowboys off balance, and 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 Daniel Jones, you know, to his credit, was was throwing to wide open receivers, and and, and I think even they even the, one of the reasons that this game was closer than it may have should have been is that there were several drops, like notably Evan Ingram having two big drops, so um, it, on wide open plays, you know, and I think Daniel Jones got it to the guy, and, and they just weren't able to finish. But yeah, I think that what kept them in the game again is not so much their ability to stop the the, the offense. Though I will say it is curious abnormality that they would they they managed to completely prevent them from get, you know converting one third down despite how much other success hmm. they had on other downs. Uh, but but Donovan Wilson again being kind of in the right place at the right time and just being mm-hmm. a playmaker, also having a sack. Uh, we saw uh, uh, Lawrence have a sack, and and um, you know I, I think uh, obviously you've had a couple different fumbles. I think they lost, uh, they didn't lose, they lost the Daniel Jones one, but they and then obviously the Gallman one at the end of the game. But I, I thought that the. You know the, the ability to create turnovers uh, at different points. Uh, it, it kind of masked a uh, a really bad per play performance by the defense. You know, and I think that's really like I said. Somehow they were able to get, they they're able to play very well on third downs and and, and <laughs> prevent them from converting third downs. There were you know seven of them, but if you look at it on a per play basis. You know they were blowing they were blowing the Dallas defensive line off the ball at times. Uh, I think that the you know Cowboys were able to get some pass rush, but again, let's look at who they were playing. This wasn't exactly a murderer's row at offensive tackle, and and, and they were not really able to generate very much pr- pressure on Daniel Jones. No, and, and, no. And, and and like I said, despite two pressures all day, yeah, yeah two, two pressures and two sacks all day, and 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 uh, and and if. If you look at Daniel Jones's you know completion percentage, you you you, t- you take out or you add in those two drops that he hit the guys in his hands, mm-hmm. you know he was able to be comfortably deliver the ball when he needed to, and it certainly wasn't uh, uh, from a lack of of you know affecting the quarterback that the cow- that that the Giants weren't able to convert those third downs. Now, obviously, the Cowboys have you know some significant guys that didn't play in this sure. game between Leighton yeah. Van Der Esch and all of those defensive tackles. Um, but just how far away is this defense landing? Because when you watch this game, their defensive ends didn't, if they don't have a big game, this defense really has no chance, right? Because they just don't have enough talent everywhere else. Do you think they're a long ways away from becoming a, even a top 16 unit? You know, I, I mean, I think the thing about it is that it's, it's tinkering at different spots and, 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 and you know solving problems I, I at least i feel like they're isolated your spots your your real problem areas are isolated a couple different spots i think you you've got something at, at least one of the safeties if you want to look at re-signing uh Xavier Woods to a cheap deal or something the free agency you can do that we'll get into all of that but you yeah. know I, we've got yeah. plenty of time to discuss all of this and i i won't get into a ramble about this specifically but i i, I would say that you know i think that you see 
guys like Gallimore and Wilson and Trayvon Diggs played great today. And I think, you know, the more you see of that, you think, okay, we can get another corner in here and, a, and a, maybe another defensive tackle or two, one young and one old. And then we, we mm-hmm. add in the other talent that we have, you know, th- some of these coming back guys that had, you know, got some time, Tristan Hill, um, obviously Gallimore himself. And, you know, I, I, you, you can squint and see how you can make a defensive line room out of that. And, and we don't really know what else, is going to happen you know the free agency and, and with free agency and, and and the draft so you know I, I certainly think that and we'll see exactly what happens in the offseason yeah maybe with a different coaching philosophy maybe some changes on that side there's talent at, at certain spots that that I think can be flushed out with a with a with a solid draft and, and I do think that the Cowboys uh can can kind of get back into uh, a reasonable defense, and I think that's really what mm. it is. It's just they need to at least be able to shore up their ability to to, to not just get gashed in the run game. If they if they can just do that, simply that, I think that that can greatly improve their chances overall. Even if it doesn't end up meaning a top you know fifteen d- defense in the NFL for twenty twenty one. All right, just a couple more notes on their defense before he moved on. Uh, move on. I, I thought Trevon Diggs played pretty well in this game. He had two pass deflections. He got a, a couple times we got beat, but I think you're seeing the the flashes from him that make you really excited about even him as just like a number two corner. I think there's a lot to be excited about there. Um, I thought Donovan Wilson, who you mentioned, you know, he continues to make plays. I don't know what it is about him, but he just the, the ball finds yeah. him. Whether it's tip passes, he's he seems like he's got a pretty good instinct on how. Of blitz uh, I think you found your starting strong safety and then um the Cowboys played somebody named Walter Palmore today yeah. Palmore pa- I I literally have never heard of that guy ever before in my life and uh, I host a podcast five times a week about the Dallas Cowboys so <laughs> it was it was pretty shocking to see him play some meaningful snaps this week so just kind of shows you the uh, the state of this Cowboys defense yeah and I think again a lot of it is isolated at, at a position like defensive tackle where they're just weak in the middle and they're getting bad linebacker play so it, it's like it's a force multiplier in the, in the wrong way it's much like uh much like the 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 combination of bad pass protection with the offensive line and Andy Dalton's you know kind of lack yeah, of awareness yep. there it's 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 a bad combination that when uh, you know really stressed becomes you know that makes it, it's it, it's not a symbiotic relationship it's whatever the opposite of it is and they kind of spiral into a, a, a into an even worse situation than their individual problems you know probably produce I agree. It's it's just a all season long we knew this the defensive tackle spot was going to be a problem. Uh, when Gerald McCoy went down, you know, as the second practice of the year, you just knew it was going to be you know a problematic spot. And then when Don Terry Poe ends up being a bust, Antoine Woods. Uh, you know, is out for the last couple of weeks. Tristan Hill gets hurt. Uh, Justin Hamilton went on the COVID list. You just get to a point where it's too much to overcome, and you saw that today. Uh, let's take one more quick break before we finish out the show. I just wanted to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic and they are releasing six new flavors including caramel brownie cookies and cream and apple almond crisp go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first box again that is builtbar.com 
All right, Landon, uh, just three quick notes and nuggets to, to kind of get out there. And we're going to go into, you know, these deeper over the offseason. But first and foremost, it looks like the Cowboys will pick at number 10 uh, unless the Eagles were to pull off this upset on Sunday Night Football. Uh, at number 10, I know it's not the top five pick that everybody was hoping that the Cowboys would get maybe a month ago. But from just kind of casually viewing these guys, I don't think you're going to – there's not really a difference in the player that you're going to get at 5 and at 10, correct? No, I mean, I think 10 is right where you probably want to pick if you're not picking in the top five. You know, I think – it, There's really no difference, Yeah, like honestly. I think 10 is right where it, it, it picks up. The, 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 the kind of curve of value starts picking up again. I, you know, I, I, I think the top – if you're picking top five and, and you don't need a quarterback – uh, you know, you might be in trouble. And that's what kind of where the Cowboys were, is that they didn't need a quarterback. I guess they could take Sewell if they wanted to, and, and he's a great player, and I don't have an issue with that, but you kind of already have tackles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we'll, we talk about all the angles here, but I think 10 is kind of right right back where you want to be, you know, to get a, a high-value target of a guy that you're going to like. And, 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 you know, look, you, you may not get a guy that's necessarily uh, an every-year top-10 player, but uh, I think that it's better than t- taking somebody in the top five that is not even a top ten player. So I agree. that's that's where you, I worry. You're you're gonna get you're gonna get a fine player at ten. Don't you worry at all. So as of right now, and again, this is all subject to change uh, due what due to what happens on Sunday night football and some comp picks. But right now, I have the Cowboys down as owning the number ten, number forty four, number seventy five, number one hundred. And number 106 in this draft. Uh, and they're also going to get, that includes the pick 100. That's going to be their third rung comp pick that they're going to get for uh, Byron Jones. They're going to get more picks. They're going to move around. Uh, but, f- you know, what, five picks inside the top 106? Not a bad spot to be. Uh, the Cowboys can also start negotiating right now with Dak Prescott. Do we expect there to be any traction on a deal done, you know, in the next couple of weeks? Or do you think this is going to be something that, you know, they wait until we get a little bit closer to free agency just to kind of monitor that angle? I think it's going to be either one or the other. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like either, you know, we start hearing something even as soon as Monday, you know, about, you know, the, the two sides talking or, or, you know, it just feels like there's, they, they got close at the end of the, and they just ran out of time. Yeah, and, and I yeah. wonder if that doesn't just preclude them to kind of freezing things and then maybe getting back together, you know, re-tinkering with the numbers a little bit. Maybe that things have changed a little bit with the angles of, of you know, Zach being injured or, uh, just, or maybe in, in some way, this this watching the season without Dak Prescott has helped his numbers. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised if if it happened quickly, but at this point, I honestly wouldn't be surprised at, if we are still waiting and still waiting, and he f- gets franchised again. And you know who knows? I I, yeah. I, I I I tend to think that it seemed like they were close near the end. So I feel like they might get something done sooner than later. I don't. Th- think either side wants Dak to play on the franchise tag next year uh so I, I I there's even more motivation I think I think this year the Joneses didn't really care I mean I think they wanted to sign him but whether he, he whether he was on the franchise tag or not really wasn't any skin off their back mm. I think with everything that's happened with COVID and potentially a reduced uh, uh salary cap next year I think that everybody wants to get a deal done so that he's not at whatever his number is going to be for a second year of franchise tag in a row. I agree. Um, 
we also we're going to mention Kellamore. Uh, the Cowboys signed him to a contract extension. I believe it was that Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Troy Aikman mentioned during the broadcast that he actually accepted the Boise State job, and then it sounds like the Cowboys talked him out of it to come back to the to the team. There's just going to be so much more that we're going to have to dive in and learn about this. So. I'm actually going to hold that. We're going to we're going to save that for later in the week. The last thing I want to mention to you, Landon, is the Cowboys' opponents are set, and I'm going to run through them really quickly because I think it's very very fascinating. Uh, their home opponents, obviously, Washington, Giants, Philadelphia, Broncos, Cardinals, Falcons, Panthers, Raiders. Their away opponents: the Washington Giants, Eagles, Buccaneers, Chargers, Chiefs, Saints, Vikings. I, I'm pointing that out there because I think the Saints are going to be dramatically different next yep. year with no Drew Brees and the cap situation that's coming up with them. We know the Eagles cap situation. Uh, I think the Vikings are in a similar boat. Who knows what that team is going to look like? The Buccaneers are going to have a lot of questions about their quarterback with Brady and who comes back there. Uh, the Panthers could be looking for a new quarterback. The Falcons could be looking for a new quarterback. The Raiders could be looking for a new quarterback. The Broncos could be looking for a new quarterback. So, uh, obviously, the Chiefs are going to be tough, yeah. but just on the surface, and again, this is way, way too early to do this, but <laughs> one of the advantages of finishing third or yeah, whatever you are in your division is that you're going to play a pretty soft schedule, yeah. and I think next year sets up pretty well for them uh, just based off the opponents that they're going to play. Would you agree? I do. I think that that whole home slate especially looks really doable for sure, and I wouldn't be surprised if this team was good next year that they would sweep the home games because that's just not a ton of the, all the talents in the away games, which, you know, good or bad, it's it just, is what it's, it is. It's just a... I, what I like to do, and again, this is so early, but is just look at it by, like, quarterbacks, right? Because the better quarterback more often than not wins these games. But you talk about (laughs) Alex Smith, Daniel Jones, whoever the Eagles put out there, whoever the Broncos put out there. I mean, we can keep going on and on and on. There's only going to be one game, I think, this year or in 2021 where the Cowboys have a lesser quarterback, and that's going against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And that sets up pretty well for the Cowboys to make a run next year. Who knows what their team's going to look like? It's, again, we're – the third day of uh, the new year. But again, one of the advantages of kind of this lost season for the Cowboys is it does set them up pretty well uh, to have success next year. So any final comments on this game, the 2020 season before we head out? Yeah. One more thing Um, just about some of the, the calls, uh, not the, not the referee calls, but the uh, specifically the no challenge call on the, uh, what was probably not a catch. Oh yeah. I, we should mention that just because there's a lot of people talking about it. Look, I, I, you know, I get it. It it didn't look like a catch to me either, but anybody who's out, seen them not return. Yeah. I I mean, I mean to see, to say that anybody knows for certain what is and what isn't a catch when the ball is touching the ground at some point is ridiculous. And I, I also think that there is a legitimate argument to be made that you're not willing to risk a timeout for that. You may have wanted all three of your timeouts to finish the game for instead of trying to get the, the referees to overturn that. And I, and I don't know that it was as certain to be overturned, despite Mike, what Mike Pereira said or whoever was the, the referee. Sure, but, I mean, sure. Mike Pereira wasn't calling Mike McCarthy and telling him that either, by the way. So no, I, no, I, no. I think that, you know, that, that kind of Monday morning quarterbacking or, you know, whatever sideline scouting is, is easy to do without actually having the same amount of information that Mike McCarthy has at the time that he makes the decision. So there's that. And then I also think that the, on the other side of that, I do feel like they should have gone for two. 
you know, I do feel like that that was. A, I understand that you know, they they said they didn't yeah. want to chase points, and it was you know early in the game. I, I don't know that there's a huge difference at that point in being down four versus being down five. If that if, if that, that's yeah. what it is, yeah. so yeah. I think that they probably yep. should have gone for two. But that was the decision that I'm second guessing more than the the non challenge call. It just is the, on the uh, challenge one. It's just frustrating. It seems like it's always Dallas having to make the decision yeah. whether to challenge that or not. The refs right? should like, get the, the, right, the call right. That's what we should be upset about. Yeah, get the call get right. The we call. don't have to worry about yeah, it, right? Exactly. <sighs> All right. I mean, it, it feels right to finish out the, the, the season talking about the officials. Probably That's, so. That seems a good way Probably to end the show. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back all week to talk about coaching news. I'm sure we're going to get some of that. Uh, we'll talk about any breaking news with the Cowboys. We're going to be talking about the season as a whole, breaking down position by positions, uh, giving out awards. So make sure you guys continue to subscribe uh, to the podcast again. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you next time.